In the early days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed. Finally, the average Joe Libertarian could find a thriving community of independent podcasters and content providers, all in one convenient location. At Libertarian Union, we'll always have the latest news, interviews, discussions, and even movie reviews. With hundreds of episodes and more added all the time, you'll always find something fresh at libertarianunion.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 37 of the Culture of Peace podcast. My name is Luke Tatum, and this is the show where I interview people who are advancing the message of liberty and changing the culture for the better. I know there's lots of podcasts out there. As always, thanks for choosing you to spend your time, excuse me, on this show. Thanks for listening in, sharing the show with friends, leaving reviews, all that good stuff. Be sure to check out the Apple Podcast or Stitcher apps. Those are great ways to help share the show as well. The show notes for today is going to be luketatum.com slash 37. Be sure to check there while you're listening or afterwards to be sure to check out everything that we discussed today. So today I am talking to Mark Clare. Mark is the host and producer of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Many of you likely know who he is. You've probably heard his show, but he has a new project on the way, and I'm very excited to talk about that with him today. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Luke, man, thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Thanks, sir. Um, As I touched on before the kind of introduction or during the introduction, I feel like you're one of those names in the libertarian movement that people tend to know already. Um, A lot of my audience is already going to be familiar with you, They've heard Lions of Liberty, which is a great show. And as of this recording, you've already got 400-something episodes. So that's a big deal. So, Mark, (laughs) tell me— Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah, you're getting on up there, man. Um, So what drives someone to produce that many podcast episodes about, you know, a political ideology? Well, that is an excellent question because, you know, doing a podcast, as you know, I mean, you're still pretty relatively new to it, at least compared to me, but I'm sure you've already realized that it really does take a lot of work and a lot of commitment and often dealing with a lot of frustration. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten to the point where you've had a lost interview or a lost file or something like that, but that kind of stuff is the kind of thing that you really do need the motivation and drive to continue on sometimes because it's not it's not the kind of thing that's immediately rewarding. You know, you're not going to put out a podcast and instantly be huge. I mean, even the fact that you said that a lot of people have heard of me and my show, I mean, that kind of blows my mind at all. Uh, But, you know, compared to six years ago when I first started and no one even knew who I was at all. Sure. Uh, But I was very motivated to start this podcast. Um, It it depends on how far you want me to go back, go back here, really. But uh, at the end of the day, I think what keeps me going right now is, uh, you know, we can get more into the specific story as we go on here. But really just knowing, I mean, just the fact that you said that, you know, 
you've heard of this show and, and people have heard of the show like that. I realize every day more and more that I am having an impact just just by the very fact of continuing the conversation about the ideas of liberty and getting more people interested in it. That's really why I started the show and why why I continue to do it each and every week, uh, no matter what, and why I've brought in other uh, other friends of mine, other hosts to continue to try to expand and find different ways that we can really interest people in these ideas because seeing that impact and realizing that there are actual humans on the other end of this microphone that I'm just talking into right now and that those humans are actually taking this stuff in and often getting inspired to start their own projects. And I know probably... Uh, maybe half a dozen or, or more just off the top of my head podcasters that have started their podcast largely due part to Lions of Liberty to finding this podcast and having it uh, sort of create an interest in them. And really at the end of the day, I want our passion and uh, for the ideas of Liberty to be contagious. That's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to excite people and interest people in these ideas. I know that Lions of Liberty specifically is not going to all by itself um, bring us to libertarian utopia, but I do hope that it can be a small part of a greater sort of movement that is able to inspire others and others and others until there's just so much damn liberty in the world that we can't, we don't even need to talk about it anymore. Oh, man, I can't wait. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I can finally stop podcasting one day. When, <laughs> and it, when, when I just put it out there and everyone's like, why are you talking about this, man? We all agree with you already. What, what right. You yeah. Well, hey, until we get there, it's very valuable what you're doing. And I know, you know, I was originally inspired a lot by Ron Paul, like you were. I've been inspired by Tom Woods, some of the other podcasters out there. And eventually I just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to start a show too. So that's where we are. But I don't want to get too much into the history before you get to talk about your big announcements. So um, you've got something big coming out soon, and it's taking a more in-depth look at Lions of Liberty. So tell us about that. What's it called? What is it all about? Sure. This is a documentary. Well, it's it's a mini documentary, I should say, to be fair. It's not exactly exactly feature length. Uh, it's about 15 minutes long. And it's, it's a little mini documentary that sort of tells the story of how the Lions of Liberty came together, because we essentially have three hosts right now on the show. It's, it's my show every Monday, which, as you mentioned, I've had over 400 episodes and counting. And then uh, every single Wednesday, my good friend Brian McWilliams takes a more sort of uh, comedic and cultural look at, at the ideas of liberty, often through current events and that sort of thing. And then on Friday, which in many ways is our most important show, uh, is Felony Friday, a look at the criminal justice system uh, with John Odermatt. Really, really inspiring program. And, you know, to me... Um, <clears throat> Really, this this is a documentary that highlights how the not just the three of us came together, but also uh, we also have a few contributors like my good friend Howie, Rico, JB. They all kind of intermingle and interspersed on our different shows. So it's it's all of us telling that story. Um, this is specifically from the perspectives of myself. Brian and John, um, while we're at Porkfest. So we actually went to the, the Porcupine Freedom Festival this past year. Uh, this was entirely thanks to our amazing supporters on Patreon. They funded the entire trip for all six of us, and they were also able to fund this documentary. So we hired a friend of the show, Dan Smots. He's the host of, of a great podcast as well called System is Down, and he also uh, owns his own uh, media production company called Goulash Films. So we hired him to come out and shoot a bunch of footage of us at Porkfest and just put something together. You know, something that some kind of interesting piece of media that kind of just shows who we are. And again, it's just another part of hoping that we can inspire people to kind of 
get more interested in the ideas of liberty, uh, more inspired to do their own projects by just sort of seeing who we are and seeing that, you know, we're just regular people too. Like we're honestly just a bunch of dudes who knew each other in college. And um, it kind of started with me getting interested in, in uh, the Ron Paul campaigns and really getting inspired by his bravery on the stage. And um, basically my, my passion for Ron Paul became a little bit infectious. You know, a lot of people around me that I was talking to often uh, were, were sort of getting infected with, with this, uh, the ideas of liberty as well. So uh, that's what happened to Brian. That's what happened to John. And that's how we all ended up coming together to form what was originally the website, lionsofliberty.com. And eventually I launched the podcast from that. Uh, because I was just really interested in podcasts. I listened to them all the time. I listened to them at work. I listened to them while I was walking the dogs, doing chores. <laughs> so, uh, But I couldn't find that many libertarian podcasts, which really may sound hard to believe in 2019. But six years ago, there weren't that many. Lou Rockwell had one that he was starting to put out. Um, you know, there was there was a few out there, like I think Cato had something, but there was nothing where I just knew like every single week I could tune in and get a great interview, a great conversation about the ideas of liberty. So that was uh, the motivation behind the show. And and really, this documentary is intended to kind of show how that all came together uh, through us telling our story. So it's me. Uh, there, Dan was with us at separate times and then also throughout the event. So he rode to Porkfest from the airport with me. And on that car ride, I sort of told my version of events. And then on the way back, he rode with John, who sort of told his version of events and uh separately brian recorded a, a pretty funny i don't want to give it all away but he has a pretty humorous uh, uh setting in which he tells his his version of events as well uh and then there's just a bunch of footage that we took at Porkfest, meeting other libertarians uh panels we got to host and uh, all the fun we had there so it's really uh the three of us start those stories sort of coming together and he really does a, a masterful job of, uh, of course, sort of weaving that tale together with our three narratives kind of converging uh, along with all the footage uh, that we actually took at ForkFest, really highlighting that event as well. So we're hoping it just get, it helps people get excited about the ideas of liberty, excited about really events like ForkFest, because I think it's just so important to be going to other events and meeting libertarians in person. I think that really helps your perspective on things. I mean, it's one thing when I look at download numbers. Uh, and say, okay, there's these people out there that I don't know, but they're humans. There's numbers attached to them. I guess they're listening to the show. Sure. But to actually meet people in person and realize this is an actual human being that actually comes up to me and says, hey, I love your show. I really love what you're doing. And then you, you can talk to them for 5, 10, 15 minutes and realize there's an actual human being whose life is like literally factually being affected by what you're doing. So that, that's the kind of thing that's just convinces, uh, you know, continues to inspire me. And we're hoping this documentary, uh, this mini documentary, I will call it, because we did want something kind of short. No one needs to see a, a 90 minute story of how the lions of Liberty came together. That would be, <laughs> I don't know if it would be boring. We're pretty interesting, but I think it would get old. You can only tell the same story, uh, you know, over stretch out over such a certain amount of time. So we thought this was the perfect length that, you know, it's, it's just long enough to, uh, to get you, you know, get you invested, but you know, it's, not going to take up your whole day. So uh, that is releasing on September 13th, formally 2019. And that, that date is significant because uh, it is six years, the six year anniversary of the very first Lions of Liberty podcast. So it really, uh, it really highlights, I think, how far we've come over those years. And we're just hoping it's something, this is a little piece of media that can help us take things to the next level. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait. There's a great trailer that you have. So the um the angles and shots that you're using, the little clips that are in there. It looks really interesting and really well put together. So very excited for that. It's called And Live Free, right? Correct. Okay. Yes, that is a, a play on the sign-off that uh, I do on my show. I say live long and live free. So Perfect. that is where that title uh, emanates from. 
Okay. So I'll be sure to link to that again, luketatum.com slash 37 for the show notes for today. But I like, want to switch gears slightly. We're still on the same topic, but I'm curious if before it really took off and before things were great, was there times that, or maybe even one moment in particular, where you were like, man, I'm not sure if this is worth doing anymore. Like, did you have those discouraging moments where where you just thought, I'm, I don't know, maybe I should be doing something else, uh, something else with my time. If you want me to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I still have those moments <laughs> from, <laughs> from time to time because it is time consuming. Yeah. And there are days when, you know, man, I just don't feel like getting on the computer and recording this voiceover. I'm just, I just don't, I don't feel like doing it right now. Uh, but you end up doing it and it's always rewarding. I'm always glad I did continue to do it. Uh, because you know, it, it it really, I think it's the kind of thing that you have to keep showing up, but you have to want to keep showing up. And at the end of the day, I, I do want to keep showing up. Uh, I do enjoy the process. And I think that's an important thing about podcasting. You can't just want to have a podcast exist. You have to actually enjoy the process of doing it. You yeah. have to enjoy it. It doesn't mean you need to do every little thing. I mean, we we now farm out some of our stuff to a, a virtual assistant that kind of helps us with some of the back end. But it's funny because I, when I first started, I was editing my own shows and horribly because I had no idea what I was doing. And I ended up hiring an editor. Uh, it was really a, a huge help um, in towards the beginning of the show. But now I pretty much always edit my own shows, not because I have to. We have the budget. We take in enough money on Patreon that I could hire someone to edit every show if I wanted to. But I actually have found that I enjoy the editing process. I enjoy sort of self-critiquing. So, excuse me. This will be one of the things I self-critique when I listen to this show. <laughs> uh, self-critiquing myself as I sort of go through things. And um, I, I just really enjoy the entire process beginning to end of putting a podcast together from from contacting the guests, uh, from you know doing research, reading the book that they might send me, which is always great. I, I get a, I've read a bunch of books for free <laughs> to starting this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just prepping, the, you know, prepping the interview. But um, even that, I think, and you will realize this, I think, more and more as you go along in a podcast, you can have a plan. It's like that Mike Tyson thing. You know, he would say everyone's got a great plan until they get punched in the face. You know, you can have a great plan until until, you know, a guest says something goes in a direction you didn't expect or you get an answer you didn't expect. Sometimes you get a guest that gives really short answers. You know, you're you're expecting to just take someone up and chill out for a few minutes and then you get a one sentence answer and you, you got to snap right into it and, and find a way to keep the conversation going. And I think that's just a, really a skill to develop in and of itself. Yeah, totally. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. the pacing thing is, you're totally right on that. I've only done, you know, 36, 37 shows now. But yeah, the pacing thing is a trick for sure. And I actually like the editing side too. I've done a little bit of editing on the side for other people just because I found that, hey, this is actually pretty fun. It's mundane, but you know, it's something to do and it fills my time. So I, I don't mind doing it. Right. And believe it or not, I don't want to take any work from you, but I've actually started, uh, I haven't actually done it yet for anybody, but I've decided I'm going to start trying to do a little bit of editing on the side too, because I, I was just realizing the other day, I'm like, I enjoy doing this. So I may as well do it for other people too. So um, <laughs> don't contact me, contact Luke first, but if oh, Luke you're is good. too busy. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I have less and less time these days with other projects. So I'm not doing that as much anymore, but uh, it's, you know, like I say, it's fun. So now let's go maybe in the opposite direction. So how about instead of something that was a big challenge or maybe a moment that made you question the whole thing, what's a moment you could point to where you just said, this is the thing for me? Like you loved it. It's all of your fulfilling, you know, <laughs> your craving for fulfillment was coming to fruition. It was all there. You were just totally in the moment and totally happy to be Mark Claire, the host of 
Lions of Liberty. I think one moment for me, and it's kind of funny because it ties back to the launch of the show. Because when I first started the show, I was I was like, all right, I'm going to become the Libertarian Podcast, the interview podcast, the the place people go every week for their their big Libertarian interview. Right. And right. As I was launching the show, I saw I saw this guy. You may have heard of him. His name's Tom Woods. He was actually <laughs> launching a show at the exact same time, and he was doing it five days a week, where I was offering a measly one day a week. Right. Oh, and by the way, people have heard of him. A lot of people. So he had a little bit of, of a head start on me, and uh, but I mean. Tom pumping that show out five days a week around the time that I was just getting started doing one day a week. Uh, that actually really inspired me as well to keep going. I'm like, all right, if Tom, if Tom Woods can do five shows a week, surely I can just manage to get out one. So I kept it up and kept going. And uh, for me, a, a big motivation was when I was able to get Tom Woods on the show. I feel like it was episode 68. I used to know every single episode number and guess, but I'm not oh sure. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I, I'll shoot you a link to that if you want. Um, and um yeah, I think oh, I, I just looked it up. I had to know. Yes, I was correct. It's episode 68 of Lions of Liberty, <laughs> uh, published in January of 2015. So uh, I, for some reason, I had never reached out to Tom. Like I reached out to a bunch of big libertarians uh, like Walter Block and uh, a bunch of people with the Mises Institute. And everyone was saying, yes, I really never got anyone that said no to me. But for some reason, I was just hesitant to, to reach out to Tom because I don't know. I was afraid he would say no, maybe. I don't know, because I, I kind of idolized him in a little bit of a way, uh, especially with the way he was doing his podcast. It was like, you know, everything I inspired to. Um, but eventually I just got the guts to just say, Hey, uh, I'm Mark Claire, you know, whatever. I'm this guy. I do this podcast. And he was like, and I'm just sitting there and within moments he actually responded. Yeah, sure. I'll do it. Why not? I was like, Oh, okay. That was easy. But I wasn't just booking Tom Woods. I mean, that, that was cool, but it was really after the show that, uh, he ran the interview I did on as an episode of his show. And, uh, he, at the end of the show, he had some really great words to say. Uh, and he said, you know, I, it's not an exact quote, although I do have the exact quote somewhere, but basically he said he, he loves when he can go on a show and, and, and have an interview with someone where it's clearly not just a canned conversation. It's not someone just reading a, a list of questions in the exact order they wrote them down, regardless of what the guest says, because Tom's done a lot of mainstream stuff as well. He's done a lot of radio interviews, and I'm sure oftentimes, you know, the host is just getting a one sheet with a couple facts about him, the five questions to ask Tom Woods. And that's it. And they're just, re they're just, they could be anybody. They're just robots. But I, one thing I've always aspired to is to actually have a conversation. I, I you know, I'll have some things I want to talk about, some ideas of what I want to get into. But at the end of the day, I want to really react to what my guest is saying and go in various directions based on what they're saying. So you can only have so much of a pain plan uh, I, I think I, I don't think i finished that mike tyson quote it's, it's a, yeah everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth and in podcasting a punch in the mouth can take many different forms it can take a guest giving you a surprising answer a guest giving you different answers than you expect um it can take the form of uh, realizing after 20 minutes you're not recording an interview don't know if you've ever had the pleasure <laughs> of doing that one but not I, yet. I i have had that occur before thankfully uh you know i've had very gracious guests that are willing to just say okay well that's unfortunate but you know we can do this all again sure uh, so yeah it's really just the, the ability to adapt i think on the fly in a conversation that's not a skill i mean that's a skill you have to learn but and the only way to do it is by doing it the only way to learn that skill is just by practicing it and continuing to have conversations so uh but yeah i think the moment that he gave me that compliment really that was like when i realized okay this is actually like someone i respect tremendously has said that i'm doing something good so i should probably keep doing it so i mean i was already doing it by then i was already pretty entrenched in it and feeling good about doing it for myself, but I still don't know if I had the confidence of like, this is really something that other people, I mean, obviously I can see the numbers, they're going up, going up, but uh, Tom giving me that, and actually him posting that show was a huge help to our numbers as well, because you know so many people were introduced to the show that had never heard of it before just by him running that interview. So I'll be uh, forever grateful to Tom Woods. <laughs> well, I mean, I know 
a lot of us are, right? Even just for him doing the show that he does, that's a huge yeah. help to a lot of us. And uh, I remember that episode being run on Tom's show. That's how I found your program, too. Oh, cool. So, See? So it worked. Yeah. Very, very kind words that he had. And I was like, oh, man, this is this must be the real deal. So, you know, I clicked on over and, and checked you out. And, you know, here that's we awesome. are. So, um so let's do a thought experiment. Um, so if I were to write you a check with no strings attached for any amount of money, like let's say I'm the Federal Reserve and you're the U.S. government. So what would you be oh, building? So I'm going to get it first. So it's gonna, I'm going to get it before it gets all devalued. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I like it. So what would you do? Like if you had Lions of Liberty right now and then suddenly you had an influx of cash of any amount, what would you be trying to build with that? This is a really easy answer for me because I already know what I would do because I'm already planning to hopefully do it sometime over the next couple of years if I can figure it out. Awesome. Uh, and I would travel the world. I would travel the world and um, just see every single country. I've, I've done a bit of traveling in my day and uh, I'm turning 40 in a year and you know I, I feel comfortable and healthy, but I don't know. In 10 years, I might not feel as comfortable and healthy and in 20 years, I really might not. So this is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. So uh, now I'm starting to sort of just, uh, you know, run the old numbers and run the old, uh, some ideas through the old noggin about how I can actually do that. And uh, I would really love to do some kind of podcast where I'm traveling the world and, and speaking to either known people in different countries that are involved, maybe politically, or maybe, maybe not even politically, maybe not, maybe something even different, maybe just more general philosophy, or even just talking to like regular people from other countries. Um, and that, that's something I enjoy doing already. I just haven't done that in podcast form. I mean, my favorite part of traveling is talking to people in different countries and, and kind of getting the perspective from outside the United States. So that's something I'd really like to to create in podcast form. It's something that's been running through my mind uh, recently, uh, really for years, but more, you know, and more recently uh, for real, as, as we've come this far with Lions of Liberty and, uh, you know, I start to, the, the, the old numbers start to, to, to rack up on my age. Uh, it starts to become something I'm getting a lot more serious about thinking about. So therefore, if I just had the check written for me, no problem. I, I, I know what I'm doing immediately. Nice. Okay. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I would love to hear that. Um, and there's something to say for in-person interviews, too. I mean, all of mine sure. have been remote. Some of the people I know in person, some of I don't. But but still, that's, there's something more intense about that. So that could be really worth it. It's a good idea. Yeah, that's, an, that's an awesome thing that I've gotten the opportunity to do through this podcast. And that's that's one of the things about podcasting. Like, like so much of the value I get, I, I get back out of it is just the experiences that I get to have that I never would have if I wasn't podcasting. Like, you know, thanks to our, our awesome Patreon supporters, we got to go to the Libertarian National Convention last year. I uh, do, did a bunch of in-person interviews there. We got to go to Porkfest the last two years. Did a bunch of in-person interviews this year at Porkfest, a bunch of video interviews for, for the first time. I've been getting into some video stuff. So it, it's really, and this is all entirely because, you know, I, I don't think we would be able to fund this all, all ourselves, or at least it would be a much more difficult decision. We have to really budget the money and think about if that makes sense within all the other bills I have in life. Uh, but having these supporters that send us this money to, so we can do these things, I mean, I'm so internally grateful for that because I get to have these amazing experiences and, and produce content for them at the same time. So uh, it's really a win-win, you know, so people get to send me money, feel good about that and uh, help us create you know, even even greater content for them. And we're hoping to just keep doing more and more of that uh, as we go along and grow here. And, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring it internationally. We'll see. <laughs> and you guys are doing great on Patreon. So that's always really good to see. I have a handful of people on mine, but, um, you know, it's growing. We're still small, right? So 
we'll get there. And it really, um, it, it, you got to come up with creative ways to sort of entice people. And it's, it, it can, because for us, for a while, we didn't even like monetize. It was just a thing we were doing. And we got some ads here and there, some sponsors here and there, but nothing big. And then I noticed people kept asking like, Hey, how do I send you money? And after enough people ask you that you, you stop and say, okay, I need to figure out how people can send me money. Because <laughs> if they're asking, it's kind of silly not to find out how to take it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. That's been huge. But I mean, you get to a certain point where, you know, you, you got to find different ways to get people interested. So we try to offer all sorts of different kinds of content. We have various tiers, you know, a certain tier, you get to hop on a monthly conference call with us, which is really fun. Um, you know, the, we just all, we're just always trying new things. That's kind of the cool thing about having the paywall um, for certain content is things that I might not just try on the public feed because I'm, I'm trying to put a certain image out there. I'll try just about anything on Patreon. You know, we'll, we'll do movie reviews. Uh, we'll do kind of live watches of different, different, um, you know, libertarian type movies and, and that kind of thing. Uh, we really interact with our fans. It's just really fun. It's really the building of a community. And I think the more that you build that community with your fans and the more they become, they start to feel part of your community, you know, the more uh, committed they are and the more money they send you. <laughs> so that's sure. always helpful. <laughs> hey, can um, we... actually, I did, if you don't mind, I just actually want to plug something real quick. Now sure, go for it. Yeah. Speaking of Patreon and trying new things, we're actually putting out a new product that's going to coincide uh, with the release of this documentary. And uh, I can tell the quick version of the story of how I, how I thought of this. And I don't know, maybe someone has said it before, but uh, obviously you're familiar with the popular libertarian phrase, taxation is theft. Yeah. Um, well, I was at this museum in Mexico this summer. It's this uh, amazing anthropological museum in Mexico City. It's honestly one of the m most amazing museums in the world. If anyone's ever in Mexico City, go to this museum. It's the one anthropology museum, and it, it will blow your mind. It's truly amazing. Uh, but I was just reading this one little thing. It was, I, I honestly don't even remember which which civilization or period it was talking about because <laughs> there's a lot of them, and I read, did a lot of reading. But <laughs> it, it, basically what it said was the death of the civilization is largely attributed to taxation and some other things. Obviously, there's other stuff involved. But just that, just hearing that, the, the, seeing that phrase, death of the civilization, near taxation, it made me – I came up with this thing in my mind. It was like a light bulb, and I said, my God, taxation is theft, but taxation is death. Taxation kills. Taxation destroys. Taxation sucks the life out of us. So we are going to try to get the, the phrase taxation is death trending in the libertarian community. Nice. And in uh, in uh, efforts of that, we have created a, a new product. It's a taxation is death mug. So you can start a nice, have a nice conversation at work with a taxation is death mug. And uh, anybody that signs up for our Patreon in the, the very specific time period, it's going to be right around when the documentary releases. So I think documentary releases on September 13th. So for a very brief time period, September 13th through September 15th, anybody that signs up in that time period uh, at the $10 or higher level, is going to get a free one of those mugs, which I think retail for like 17 bucks or something. So you're going to make money on it. So if you even want one of these mugs, you may as well try a month Alliance Liberty um, uh, of the Patreon. And then anybody else that signs up, you know, we also have $5 level. We, uh, we even have a $2 level for people that just kind of want to dip their toe in the water. They don't get access to most of the content. Uh, but anybody at those lower levels will get a discount code for 50% off. So you're going to win either way. Really just want to get this thing out there into more people's hands and just have an extra way to thank people for signing up. So uh, in celebration of this documentary, we are just going to be giving these these mugs basically away. Even the 50% cost, I mean, we're, we're not making money on that. So um, we're really trying to get these in people's hands. That's one extra reason if you were on the fence considering of tossing us some money, you know, this is one extra motivation uh, to do so. Nice. Okay, well, good. I, um, I always need more coffee mugs. So you never you know. know, you might see my name pop up in there. 
And not only that, but while I'm in plug mode, you can also drink in that mug. We have our own coffee brand that we developed uh, with our friends at Anarcho Coffee. So nice. you can go to lionsliberty.com slash coffee and uh, get some of the morning roar. Start your day with the morning roar. Cool. Yeah. He has actually been on on my show as well. The Anarcho oh, great. Coffee yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good cool. guy. So yeah, he's a great guy. Um, he's, he's another guy that I was able to meet at Porkfest. I mean, that's that's a great thing about going to libertarian events is, you know, everyone is a, a just a pixels to me you know everybody until i meet them <laughs> you're just some little pixel some little like you know uh emoji or something on the internet but then when you actually meet someone in real life you're like oh this is a real human being and it's just so cool to to be able to meet so many people that i've quote unquote known for years in the libertarian community and then actually like realize they're real human beings just like you and you know on all that stuff can we talk about ron paul you know i think i think it's time okay <laughs> So I know he was a big inspiration for you. And of course, he was for me and for tons and tons of libertarians. So it's not really up for debate, though, that he's no longer like, I guess, the focal point of the libertarian world. It's kind of dispersed out, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. So I want to get your perspective on, you know, even though he's still in the public eye, he still does stuff. He has the Liberty Report and all that. But since things have dispersed a bit, do you think we need a focal point like that? Do you think we don't? Do you think it's maybe better that everyone's doing their own podcasts, their own websites and all that? Like, what's your take? That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, because I think almost one of the problems, it's not really a problem because it inspired so many people, but one thing about the the, the movement being so centered around Ron Paul at first, um, you know, and of course, there's a good reason for that because he's inspiring so many people in the national spotlight. Um, so it makes sense. It was sort of centered around him is that when it ended, there's kind of like a vacuum, you know, he's like, well, I'm retiring from Congress. I'm done running for president. You know, I'm going to go do the Ron Paul Liberty Report, but I'm not going to really be the center of this anymore. And then I think it left a lot of people going, oh, oh, so uh, uh, what do we do now? Right. <laughs> so and uh, people have done many different things. Some people run for office and some people start podcasts. Some people start video channels. We have so many great libertarian YouTubers out there. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's really great that people are sort of forced to focus on something else, you know, forced to find different things and, and uh, scatter the movement, but scatter in a good way. Scatter the fact that it's kind of like in the sense of we're all putting seeds out there. So if, if Ron Paul was just the, the grand cherry tree, uh, what, or what have you, and, you know, we all sort of fell from there. Um, now we can all be the sort of the Johnny Apple seeds bringing, uh, I guess I, I went from cherry to apples now, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we can all be the ones going and bringing around the seeds around the seeds of Liberty around to the world and, uh, hopefully growing new trees, growing new, uh, future grandfather trees like Ron Paul. You know, we need to create more Ron Pauls, more people that can be national forces that can capture the hearts and minds of people, more people that can just find ways to inspire. So if you do that through a podcast or you do that through a video, or if you just do it through a conversation with your friends or family, I mean, it doesn't matter. Every single conversation or interaction you have with someone does factually, you can't deny this, changes the world. Literally, it does because it changes the course of events in some small way. So anytime you put these ideas out there, anytime you get someone thinking just a little different, you are playing your part. You are playing a role. So yeah, I think it's great that people are doing a million different things. And you know, hopefully Ron Paul will stick around in his own capacity and then you know, continue to inspire. But I think the point is we don't need one person. We don't need a figurehead. We don't need a centerpiece. We just need to be the, the sort of the best version of ourselves. I think more libertarians need to focus maybe less on liberty uh, and politics, I hate to say it, 
and focus more on themselves, improving themselves, being the, the best version of themselves they can and being as successful as they can, making as much money as you can. Because the fact of the world is, if you are successful in life and you inspire people in life, forget politics for a second, and you become an example that other people want to follow, guess what? Those people are going to listen to you. They're going to they're gonna take what you have to say seriously. If you just bum around and don't do anything in life, but all you do is is talk about libertarianism, but meanwhile, people look at you and you're, you're really not doing much with your life. You're just living with mom and just bitching about the world and playing video games all day. I'm sorry, you're not going to be that effective of a messenger for liberty. But if you improve yourself and you become someone that people want to be around, that people look at and say, man, that guy's working so hard. That what what motivates this person? Look at what all the things this person's doing in life. That's the kind of person that people are going to naturally be drawn to and naturally listen to. So I, I just think the most important thing people could do, um, besides like launching your own project, I mean, that, I think that's great. You should do that if you're inspired to and you feel like you have the time to put into it. But more so is just focusing on becoming the best version of ourselves. We need libertarians to be the most successful people in the world uh, because those are the people that people are, are going to naturally be drawn to, naturally follow, and uh, naturally uh, be influenced by. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. And I think that's why one of the reasons why so many people were able to take Ron Paul seriously too, because he was accomplished personally. He had his stuff together. He was consistent. You know, we heard that all the time when he was running for president. He's consistent. He's got this track record, et cetera, et cetera. And not everyone can say that, especially people who are, you know, 21, 22. Like, what do you have to show for yourself personally? You've got to build that up. You need a resume, things like that, right? Exactly. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> so I've got one more question for you, and then I'll have to let you go. It's the uh, same question I ask everyone, but I love to collect these different takes on the same thing and see what we can make out of all the answers. So what is your brief assessment of the state of the culture in the United States as of now, and what is your prescription for improving it? Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big question. Heavy stuff. The state of the culture. Oh, well, it's hard. I think we get lost in our libertarian bubble, not our libertarian bubble, even our politics bubble, where everything seems like it's becoming more divisive. I'm sure everyone's noticed that since the 2016 election, and it is definitely true to an extent. I mean, I can't even, and it, I think this happens to libertarians a lot who are not even Trump supporters. It's hard to even have a conversation just as a non supporter just as not not basing your entire identity around being anti-Trump as not being, you know, it's just not being fully left that that becomes as bad as what people perceive as Trump. So it, uh, on that level, I think there is a large, uh, significant percentage of the popula population where politically the culture is going in the bad direction. But I also don't think that that actually represents the whole of America. I don't re I don't think I know so many people in real life that look at the craziness of politics and roll their eyes. And I think there's going to be a real big backlash to this sort of divisiveness of politics. And my hope is that that backlash is something that, because um, as much as I have a problem with American government and American imperialism, I really think American culture is in many ways really freaking awesome. <laughs> like I love American music. I love the place I live. Sure. I love so many things about the United States just from a completely non-governmental perspective. And I really do think that most people at the end of the day, are good people while advocating bad things. Uh, I, I know so many people that are passionate about helping people, passionate about uh, the poor, having better lives. I, I know that passion is real. Uh, they're just advocating some terrible things. So, uh, you know, I think if we could just really find more ways to inspire people to look at our ideas in the right way, not look at them as the sort of the enemy, not look at it 
it is, you know, when people say they want universal health care, say, yeah, I, you don't, you don't need to necessarily say, no, that's a terrible idea. You're, you're a socialist. Say, I want, I want universal health care also. Uh, I, I just have a moral problem with, with the systems you're talking about. So here's my idea. Here's how I can get us to universal health care. Because in my world, you know, a, a universal health care means the free market is providing health care for everybody. So I just have a different take on what that is. And I think the more you can sort of match people and agree with them on their premises and then show them a different way, as opposed to just trying to smash their entire ideology at once. Because people do, many people now. Many people don't come from a good place, but I don't think that's most people. I think there's some, some manipulative politicians out there that that know what they're doing, that know they're full of shit. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but I just did. Go um, for it. Go for it. Um, yeah, I, but I think the vast majority of people just in my life, these are not monsters that are advocating for socialism because they're monsters. They're not terrible people. They just have seen our current system and and rightfully see it as terrible. They rightfully yeah. they know loved ones that have had terrible times with an insurance company. They're just not. They're just making that connection with the free market and making and so the, in their minds, if that if the free market is doing that, well, we got to do something else. And it's totally rational if you if you think that if if you're like them and you believe that to be the case. Uh, I think the biggest thing with culture right now, though, for us, and I think there's a lot of positives here, is education. And uh, you know, it all starts with education. And I think so much of our politics, our bad politics, our bad political ideas, comes to the fact that we are stuffed in a, in a essentially a prison for the first eighteen years of our life or so, uh, and we're trained to respond to a bell. We're trained to regurgitate information. We're trained to operate in the uh, the. Uh, I'm going to sound like a Marxist here, but we're trained to operate operate in the American capitalist structure. Essentially, we're trained <laughs> to be worker bees. We're trained to just do what we're told, um, uh, go along the American dream. Take out a bunch of loans, go to college, uh, to, you know, to do that, and then maybe even take out more loans. To, who knows? Uh, but once you get out of that, uh, you're going to get a job. You're going to go work for a company. Just remember, it's got to work for a company. Don't even think about doing your own thing. Uh, go work for a company. Do exactly what they say. If you listen hard enough to them, you'll get a promotion, and eventually, you'll save enough, enough money to put down a, a, a down payment on a huge loan for a house, and then you're going to work your whole life try to pay that off, and that's what you're going to do. Well, well, I, I I don't think that works for everybody. I think we've seen, <laughs> especially in the housing crisis, that uh, and when you base your whole culture around that, this idea, now our, our policies around that. So now we have to pump all this money into into uh, into student loans and into making sure people get an education. And now we got to put all this money into housing because we need everyone to have a house and we have to follow the American dream or else what are we going to have left? And I think that we really have to change that culture. And I think as people shy, kind of reject the current education system, it's going to happen slowly. We're already seeing homeschooling on the rise greatly. We're seeing the obviousness. It's so obvious that government schools are not effective. They're just not effective means. Whether you think it's a good moral method or not, every every number that you can possibly look at in an honest way shows that education has just been plummeting plummeting for decades the more and more government has put money into it the more the worse and worse our education gets so it's it's i think it's becoming very obvious to people that we have to do something different people are seeking alternatives it's easier than ever to get an education for anything whether you're a child or an adult uh, online um whether it's libertarian stuff like you know the ron paul curriculum or tom woods liberty classroom or just any skill at all right. uh, lynda.com skillshare it's really really inexpensive to get an education if you're motivated and uh, i think public schools demote demotivate people from learning they demotivated me from learning i learned to take tests and i didn't give a crap what was going on i just I was just knew I had to get A's. So I, I did what I had to do to get A's. I wasn't excited about what I was learning. It was very rare. Uh, Lord of the Flies was a great book. That excited me. But I can't, I can actually remember like the only thing that excited me in, in high school. I mean, it wasn't, most of my education was not exciting. 
Uh, but I think once we free ourselves from these shackles, people's minds are going to change. The way people look at the world is going to change. And uh, I just hope more and more people, just uh, more and more parents have the bravery to reject public schools uh, or to at least greatly supplement them with your own. I, I get it. Not everybody can, can work out how to not send their kids to school, and especially because you're being taxed for it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but at least supplement it with some great conversations about what is being taught at school at, at the very least, you know, or, or something like that. And I, I think that is happening. So uh, it's not going to happen overnight, but I think that as as people look to different avenues for education and get rid and shake this brainwashing we've all had for our whole lives, I think you are going to see a, a cultural shift. Uh, that was a very, very ranty answer to your question, and I'm not, I'm not even sure if I actually answered it. But no, it was a great answer. Great answer. This has been awesome, Mark. I appreciate you taking the time to to go into all that, to answer all my questions, and it's been, it's been fun. This has been a good in, uh, interview. So... I want to remind everybody, the documentary is called And Live Free. It's going to be available, what is that, next Friday? Friday the 13th. Yeah, it'll be fr- Friday the 13th. It's quite a big day. Uh, the, the night before, we're, they have another Democratic debate, so we'll be up late uh, doing recap shows for that. We do uh, something called the Drunken Democratic Debate Recap Shows mm. after every single Democratic debate. So uh, that will be available. We actually do make those shows public eventually, uh, but anybody on our Patreon will actually get those as a live stream, and those, so they'll be able to see it as it happens, and they'll get it, the access to it a little bit earlier. They'll get it that, that same night, uh, whereas they'll have to wait a couple of days uh, for, the, for the public. But yeah, that's when the, uh, the documentary will be releasing that next day. Uh, it's, Friday, it's a big day. It's Friday the 13th. You've got a Lions Liberty documentary coming out. I mean, you know, it's not really a scary movie, but maybe, hu- maybe huddle <laughs> up, gather some friends for a scary movie, and then... And then uh, take a little swerve and say, hey, right before we watch this movie, right before we watch this Jason Voorhees chop people's heads off, hey, let's just check out this cool little 15-minute uh, documentary I wanted to watch uh, that, that some people did. And, you know, most people won't resist 15 minutes, right? That's right. Sure. I'll be excited, uh, excited to see everybody's mileage with that strategy. So, yeah. So, yeah, check that out. We'll be releasing uh, the, the documentary on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, and uh, it'll post it on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, it's called Dot, Dot, Dot <laughs> and Live Free, The Lions of Liberty Story. Okay, perfect. I will link to all of that and uh, lionsofliberty.com, right? Yes, lionsofliberty.com. Our Patreon is at patreon.com slash lionsofliberty. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias, facebook.com slash lionsofliberty, at lionsofliberty on Twitter. Actually, not all the social medias, just the popular ones. I'm not one of those people that goes and makes a Minds account and all that. I know maybe I'm a bad libertarian, but the fact is I'm lazy and I don't want to sign into 500 things. So I'm on Facebook and Twitter because that's where most people are. That's just the way it is. Uh, when, mo- when more of you guys get on those other things, then I'll be more motivated to be on those other things too. Uh, perfect. So yeah. yeah. I hear you. And, uh, set, you can also follow platforms. me on Twitter. It's a Mark D at Mark D. Claire, M-A-R-C. And my name is not with a K, Mark D. Claire, C-L-A-I-R. Is the last name. Got it. I will link to all that stuff on LukeTatum.com slash 37. Mark, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Luke. It's been a blast. Okay, everybody, that does it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed that. Mark Claire, really, really funny guy. I couldn't stop laughing all throughout the interview. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did. And wow, I mean, what a successful libertarian podcaster. It was funny to hear him talk about back when there were no libertarian podcasts, because, you know, I think for a lot of us, there's always been a ton and there's more coming all the time. So, you know, I, I feel kind of like middle aged when it comes to the podcast just because, you know, we have two digit episodes, but then you see all these shows that are like recording episode three and four. And, and it's just so funny. There's always this progression of 
the really old established shows like Lions of Liberty and Tom Woods Show. And you've got kind of the medium range ones. And then you've got, well, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but some, some really young shows. So it's always really cool to see all that. Hey, and while I have you, if you're still listening, Dummy Corporation, the game is coming soon. Crowdfunding starts one week from the date that this episode goes live. So Monday, September the 16th, 2019, we are launching crowdfunding for the game. We need to raise about $6,000 to take care of all of our initial expenses um, getting this game up and going. We have been working on it for a long time already with no pay, and this is not going to salaries. Any money that we raise during the crowdfunding is going to, you know, publicity and marketing and just other associated fees and things for getting the business up and running. So we are not just trying to make some money quick. We are trying to build a product and get it out to the people so that we can have a successful app on the App Store and the Google Play Store once it goes live. So I would love it if you would check that out. You can go to dummycorporationgame.com. You can look us up on Indiegogo, where we will be doing this. And I'll make a short link once the actual crowdfunding starts. It will be luketatum.com slash dummy. That's D-U-M-M-Y. Dummy Corporation is kind of a fun, interesting concept. If you are not familiar with uh, the CIA and places like that and making dummy corporations, it's worth reading about. And if you want to learn a lot about it and you want to have a good time doing it, you can play our game. So again, that's coming up soon. Would love your support with that. It's a big, big, big step for us. And I really think it's going to be able to take off and, and be a mass market success because we are just vicious with our revision on this game. Uh, so thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I will see you next time.